queens. Oh, no. Front fucking show. <laughs> Wrong Did I throw you up, right? I almost forgot you did. You totally threw me off. So we forgot that this is actually female political strategy and not female dating strategy. Yeah. But I want to leave that intro in. You should leave that in. You need to leave that in. Oh, man. That was gold. All right. Okay. Different intro. What's up, team female? (laughs) Welcome to female political strategy. I was trying to properly introduce our foreign correspondent, Savannah. You may know her as our third (laughs) co-host from the female dating strategy podcast, but her being here made me totally forget what we were doing right now. So... (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Anyways, this is Ro. Uh, so uh, this is Ro, and then you guys go. Oh, hi, I'm Lilith. This is L. Damn it! Am I really throwing you guys off? I- I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> this week is a crossover episode with FDS and FPS. The whole team—it's all hands on deck this week. Yeah, we have to drag a particularly uh, ridiculous person and a particularly ridiculous story. So Savannah's all in. Take it away, Savannah. <laughs> Okay, thanks so much for having me, guys. And, you know, this episode has been a while in the making. Um, But basically, we are going to be dissecting slash slightly roasting Doreen the Dog Walker. Reddit legend! And their disastrous interview on Fox News. (laughs) (laughs) On Fox News. The man? I don't actually know. The myth, the legend? Okay, let's get to that part. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I saw that... Like when I watched the interview, I was very confused when I saw Doreen and them. Because like Doreen is like an older lady's name in the UK. I've not heard that name used in like decades. It's not even like an American name of like this century or the last century. That's like some early yes, very... like antebellum shit. Let's thought... not be ageist here, but what's weird is that Doreen <laughs> is a young male who chose yes, that name. Yeah. That's what's confusing yeah. to me. Yeah, that's what's weird. The name is fine, but yeah, I it's just... Like, it's like naming yourself Ethel or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is like a Titanic name. Or like, it would be like if I were to transition and then I called myself, or called myself like Ezekiel or something. Like, I don't know. It's just a very old timey kind of name. Even Ezekiel, like that's more down with the click than Doreen. <laughs> for- <laughs> um, but anyway, on to the story. So this whole thing happened because Doreen um, was a moderator on the anti-work subreddit so the anti-work subreddit was founded several years ago with the aim of abolishing work in in all forms basically and we'll get onto that in a minute but um over time the subreddit had sort of shape-shifted to become more of a place where people didn't want to abolish work but they just wanted like um just just better working practices and the subreddit really took off during um the COVID-19 pandemic when people were then you know beginning to realize that their employees didn't value them or they weren't getting bonuses despite being exposed to COVID or whatever so such as briefly to the subreddit so um Doreen said that they were approached by directly by Fox News to do an interview on uh Jesse Jesse Waters, is that his name? On his primetime show to discuss the anti-work subreddit. Um, and they accepted. So <laughs> I'll take a minute where to start the interview. So the interview in question, um, <laughs> to be fair to Jesse, and I'm not a fan of Foxy's at all, but 
I don't even think that Jesse handed Doreen the shovel. I just think Doreen brought their own shovel and dug their own grave on screen. So first of all, optics, like... Honestly, he probably had like 10 simultaneous orgasms when he figured out. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, yeah. Oh, yeah. What exactly was going on with Doreen when they volunteered to be on his show? Jesse. Jesse. She was literally like, I'm going to win a primetime Emmy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was so back for this interview. Okay. Can, can we square away the pronouns at play here? I think it's they them. No, it's 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 a she. She's she, he's a she, but I'll say they just for. So I could have sworn that they said they were non-binary, but the problem was when they went on the television show. There was like no effort to even look washed, much less like the opposite sex. Right. So yeah. a lot of people yeah. just assumed it was a he. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were, I don't know, they were a he. I can't do this, you guys. <laughs> like I'm trying to do the pronoun thing, but yeah. <laughs> people assumed that they were a he because they saw Doreen's a dude. Okay. Like, let's be real. They were born male. <laughs> I see Doreen. I'm like, that's a whole ass man. Okay, it feels like gaslighting that I'm expected to refer to this person as she. I'm supposed to, my words are supposed to go against what my brain wants to do. And I just, you know what? I don't like this uh, sort of fucking power play that y'all are trying to, that not you three, but like that society is trying to put on me. Like I'm supposed to see the reality in front of me and then call it something else. I hate that. This gaslighting. I mean, if they tried, I would have given them the benefit of the doubt, but there was no way to know that this person was attempting to look look like the opposite sex they didn't even attempt to look clean much less any of the female grooming practices that would indicate that you were trying to look female right so the person was not even trying to pass yeah Yeah, exactly and and just in even in terms of basic optics though like you're going on fox news to talk about a movement that you know fox news is going to absolutely eviscerate generally speaking because you know you're talking about not working on fucking fox news of all places at the at the barest 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 minimum you should make your bed do your hair and actually look like you've had a shower doreen didn't either like none of the above yo that takes some big ass balls to do that. To go on Fox News and put zero effort into your appearance? To do what Doreen did, looking like that, sounding like that, acting like that. She's it, they, whatever. Doreen said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't work. <laughs> to be fair, I don't even know yeah. if it was just balls. I think it was just like lack of self awareness over. It's just scrote audacity and stupidity and lack of strategic thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it was stupidity. It's because Doreen was saying, like, you know, when the whole, like, shitstorm went down and the users were like, why the fuck did you do it? Because they actually asked the, um, the, the subreddit, should we do this interview with Fox? And the overwhelming response was no, but they did it anyway. And Doreen was like, yeah, well, they requested me specifically. I was like, yeah, don't you get why? Like, (laughs) don't you get it? I was just like, oh my god. That's what I mean, lack of self-awareness, right? If Fox News specifically requests you, understand there's an agenda going on there, buddy. And like, you're going on national TV, like I've been on like, on national TV in the UK before and like, rest assured, I tidied my room, I slicked my hair back, put on some foundation (laughs) (laughs) and made sure I was at least presentable and I had like 15 minutes to go. I forgot to take down my new calendar, but never mind. That was fine. But even still, 
still. Um, it was just out of frame, but it's just like, I just don't know why. And <laughs> the thing is like, Jesse's questions, they were not, I mean, considering he's from Fox News, but they were not unreasonable. Like Jesse asked, is the movement just allowing people to be lazy, which is, I guess it's a, it's a fair question. Then Doreen was like, laziness is a virtue in a society that expects us to work all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. He said laziness. Sorry, whatever. Doreen said, <laughs> laziness is my philosophy. Oh no. I was like, how is this not satire? Like, are we, is this like cloud? It's going to be a hard sell. It literally felt like an alternate dimension, some Black Mirror like remix. It did. I mean, it, it isn't when you know what Reddit is like. Doreen the dog walker is. Is is the average Reddit tier man, right? Or non-binary person. Is the average Reddit user. So. That's the average Reddit male. Yeah. And that's and that's why they won't ever do anything to ups- upset them because they're the type of people that basically fuel their entire workforce because while he's yeah. talking about why he doesn't want to work for free, he steadily works for Reddit for free. Like, it's the dumbest, <laughs> most ironic thing. I'm like... Like, he doesn't want to work for money, but he's fine with working for Reddit for free. Like, that's how cucked he is. And modding on Reddit, like, the reason why we we basically <sighs> quit is because it, there's it's just a massive time suck and you don't get any money for it. So it's like, okay, so you're going to do no work but moderate Reddit for free and then make the CEO of Reddit very rich. So, but it was just like as well. I even some of the comments on like our videos was like, this is why I don't tell people I use Reddit <laughs> because of Doreen the way the way they look. I was like, fair play. You don't want to get wrapped up with uh, Doreen's bullshit. I I honestly think Fox News, whoever approached like whoever's idea it was to approach Doreen to do this interview deserves a fucking raise they could have not gotten a better <laughs> archetype for the yeah. lazy out-of-touch entitled useless millennial that's what they wanted and that is literally what they got but then but then the interview then just goes downhill so um Jesse asks Doreen what do you do for a living and Doreen says I dog walk which is a respectable profession um Doreen said that they do it for 30 hours a week but on the subreddit when they were getting roasted it turns out they actually do it for 10 hours a week and then the <laughs> the the last bit of the interview where he, I don't blame Jesse for laughing here because it was just so ridiculous so Jesse was like do you want to do anything besides dog walking and then Doreen's like I want to teach philosophy oh my god laziness so I feel like I hate men who study philosophy yeah. in general like every men in philosophy one. this every does not single one. Way, every single male philosopher is low value okay I rarely say that about a profession or a major but I've never in my entire life met anybody who had a philosophy un- undergrad who wasn't a major tool who spent all their time arguing semantics about things that don't matter they're honestly annoying to be around. They all are basically don't want to work. They're insufferable men. Yeah. I I feel like you are not taking Cartesian dualism as seriously as you should. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, okay. I, I want to say, first of all, it's different when women study philosophy. Women who... I, I've, you know, met a lot of women who study philosophy, and a lot of them are pretty based queens, honestly. So 
I vibe with them, but men who study philosophy, all of them fucking suck. They all, literally 100% of them, I've never met a man who studied philosophy who didn't fundamentally suck as a person. I got the impression that every single one of them are just like beta males who were never able to you know, fit the ideal masculine, you know, alpha Chad, whatever. So he's like, okay, I'm going to like learn philosophy so I can like psychologically do dominate women. And that's the thing, like talking to men who have studied philosophy, they aren't talking to you to like, oh, get to know your perspective uh, or, oh, get to know you as a person. Oh, uh, you know, let's have an interesting discussion and see if we can share some ideas and come to some kind of common understanding. No, 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 no. They want to win literally every single argument, even if it's over the stupidest shit, uh, the most pointless shit that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, that's why I hate men who study philosophy. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That's why a lot of philosophy is misogynistic, in my opinion. It's just because they're all low-value men. All of the famous ones are very, very low-value, right? Yes, yeah, Socrates, Aristotle, Machiavelli, all of them. <laughs> Aristotle was an incel. Machiavelli was an incel. Okay. <laughs> Machiavelli was the original incel, yeah. Yeah, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. They would literally say, like, women are, like, deformed versions of men and shit like that. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, like, literally just their opinion. Basically. <laughs> it's, like, literally just their opinion as well. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Philosophy is, like, the most misogynistic thing. It's dudes that made their opinion, as, like, a matter of study. Yeah, like, legit. And men do this thing all the time, not just philosophers, but they'll just, like, any thought that enters their mind just because of their pure, like, unearned confidence, they'll just be, like, they'll just, a thought will enter their mind and they'll immediately think that that's just objective reality and a fact. Um, <laughs> and then go around just acting like that's just objective reality and a fact. And, yeah, that's why you should never take what men say at face value because most of it is just their... Agreed. But it's like, you don't want to work as a dog walker for 10 hours a week because that's too much work. But then you want to study philosophy, which is even more work. I just, I can see why Jesse laughed because it's so ridiculous. And it's disrespectful to teachers. Do you know how much work actual teachers have to put in? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just right? ridiculous. Unless you're like a tenured college professor and you can get yeah, all of your like TAs true. to do everything. Most teachers work like well into the late night grading papers, etc. Yeah. If you don't have the stamina to walk dogs for 10 hours a week, then you <laughs> cannot be a teacher. <laughs> you're done out here, bro. You're done. So can, can we also like qualify what it is that the philosophy of that he wants to teach? It's the philosophy of laziness if I remember correctly, right? I, I think, therefore, I do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, therefore, I deserve. That's the thing about living in a society or living in any kind of group is that you're expected to contribute to the group dynamic, okay? This goes all the way back to the dawn of humanity before we even had civilizations. People would be, like, in tribal groups and shit. Uh, you know, if there was, I'm sure if there was, like, a member of the tribe who wasn't contributing they'd probably just fucking push them off a cliff or some shit, okay? Like, they didn't want... Hell yeah, you're getting... Yeah, you're getting fed to the mammoth. Yeah, Goodbye. you're getting fed to the saber-toothed tiger, okay? Like, you know, or you're getting a... The, the sort of person where in a zombie apocalypse, you shoot them in the knee and they, then the zombies eat them while you run away kind of thing. Like, um... They call those guys zombie bait decoys. Yeah, zombie decoys, exactly. Like, the ones who don't provide anything of value to your zombie your zombie apocalypse team, those are the ones you shoot in the knee and leave behind because they're not actually adding, adding anything of value, right? So, yeah, I mean, I don't understand people who are this lazy. 
like at all. I just think I'm like, yeah, duh. Obviously, you have to work, right? Think shit needs to happen. Work needs to get done. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. So that interview went down like a lead balloon on the subreddit. Um, they were all. <laughs> it was basically like a full on revolt, and I think there were elements of male catastrophizing for sure because some of them were just like it's all ruined now. The movement's over. Like, it's done. It's south back 150 years. I was like, anti-work ideology has existed since work began. Like, you guys need to go outside and actually properly go and protest because... and also to be fair like a lot of the users on that subreddit they're not from the us they're from europe where we don't have fox or we don't really care to watch fox news so it wasn't i mean (laughs) the, the the subreddit definitely made it a bigger deal than it was because for like two three days straight every thread was like oh fuck you doreen and then when the mod started clocking on to that they would do like they would say like oh um they would have like the the title is like oh oh today i got you know fired from my job and then in the body of the text would be like yeah fuck you doreen because that's just what they wanted to say (laughs) so so did we ever find out how doreen lives because if they only walk dogs for 10 hours a week. I don't imagine that's a living wage. I'm, ass- I'm assuming, but I'm just wondering. Mom's basement. <laughs> no, didn't Doreen say it? Didn't Doreen say that they live with their parents? I'm not entirely sure, but they are fun. They they do live with somebody, I think, because that was part of the backlash they were getting was that um, people on the subreddit were arguing, well, if you can afford to live supposedly walking dogs for 10 hours a week, then you must have somebody else subsidizing your lifestyle especially in the US. But the even bigger tea that came out was that Doreen the dog walker is a rapist. Wait, what? (gasps) (laughs) What? No, yeah. Uh, uh, You can't just drop that. What? We talked about making this episode a few weeks ago and a lot has happened since then. So can you give me a refresher? Sorry. So obviously when, you know, shit goes down on Reddit, people go digging and they found a series of screenshots where um that Doreen basically said that they um they sexually assaulted slash raped I think one of their partners um because they couldn't help it and the way they were ad- and and this was on their Facebook page as well so it was like a public admission imagine publicly admitting to a crime on your Facebook so this is why this person should have just never done anything because like not even having the wherewithal to not uh, incriminate yourself in a crime. Do you not have any self-preservation instincts, like, at all? (laughs) Or just self-awareness. But it was the way they spun it. Like, if you read the screenshots, they very much make themselves out to be the victim. Like, it's really, really, like, fucked up and twisted. Um, So that came out as well. I'm gonna look up this screenshot. Hold on a second. Do we have the screenshots? Yeah, we want to see the screenshots real quick before we go to the rest of it. Because I want to see... Alleged history of sexual assault. Okay. Oh, apparently, um, apparently during the dog walk, I actually got demodded, so. I mean, I imagine embarrassing everyone and bringing a bunch of unnecessary scrutiny <laughs> and being a rapist. And being a rapist. So then um, the anti-work subreddit basically went on, like, a mass firing spree of their mods. <laughs> oh, yeah, I found the screenshots. They're kind of small. Let me post it in the chat. Oh, just imagine this unwashed person. <laughs> smell how musty <laughs> Doreen must be. You can smell the must, right? <laughs> Don't you see must? You can see must sometimes. Yes. I can sense it's an energy. You look like a smell. 
Do you know what was really funny as well was that like um like one of the moderators was like they did like, this huge long post about the state of the subreddit and you know how it, the interview came to be and they were like oh so we just allowed Doreen to prepare for the interview in whatever way they saw fit including taking a shower wow so can you imagine like you have <laughs> to get the shade to, to, to like verify that you took a fucking shower oh okay so here's here's the full text of what was said or like we'll we'll read at least an excerpt from it so you can just see how fully delusional this person is so Doreen says, the person accusing me of serial rape and I were involved in sexual conduct. This scenario involved alcohol on their part, but I had been informed multiple times that it wasn't a big deal. They said they were only tipsy and that they were consenting to what was happening. I took them at their word and I will be more responsible in the future when it comes to alcohol and sex. I'm unaware of who I've allegedly raped besides the person making the accusation. The only person I can think of is a previous partner. I'll put their details in the comments. What? Like, so he, first of all, he doxes, like, he not only talks about this current partner, but then also says, well, I don't know, it could be an ex-partner, too, that might have said I raped them. And I'm going to put all their uh, their details publicly. Oh, my God. Doreen's a mess. But then, but then it, like, straight up gets so disgusting. So I'm going to, I mean, we'll link to this post so you can read it at your leisure. But I'll skip through because they make quite a few other comments. So... Uh, Doreen goes on to say, I want to discuss a history I have with somebody that I used to know. I'm sure that's the song. Somebody I used to know. Somebody that I used to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this was a person with whom I had an ongoing sexual relationship and living arrangement. <laughs> Eventually, a mix of uh, fundamentally incompatible needs, uh, past trauma unrelated to me, and my issues with impulsive control. <laughs> Why did you specify unrelated to me? Yeah. That's suspicious. <laughs> um, and, my, and my issues with impulsive control resulted in a very unhealthy dynamic between us. Um, this individual had past trauma from previous relationships that caused emotional and physical distance between us over the course of of several months this led to my needs going unmet which led to masturbation as an unhealthy coping mechanism so he's an admitted kuma um, <laughs> after months of so he's complaining that this person wouldn't let him fuck her and so he's like i had to masturbate instead of this bitch wasn't letting me stick it so i had to masturbate <laughs> I'm sorry, this is so surreal to me. Yeah, so it it honestly gets worse. Um, after months of trying to keep myself in check, I began sporadically masturbating uh, while they slept next to me or by themselves. Even though they stated this made them uncomfortable, these events continued to happen until I sought therapy. These events continued to happen? You mean I kept masturbating... On an unwilling person. I kept masturbating. Oh my God. Even after they told me to stop. Notice how he talks about that as if it just happened, like in a third person, nutso. Yeah. He talks about the, in a passive voice, these events continued to happen. <laughs> it's not his hands. He's non-binary, okay? It's their hands. He's sharing these hands with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> that actually used to be like... That actually used to be like a line in like Nollywood films where like the 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 male was cheating. It'll be like it'll be like nature failed me. Or the devil, it's the, the devil did it. Uh, nature failed me. Yes, bollocks. Um, Thank you for catching my reference, Savannah. That was for you. Um, oh. 
It was the devil, it wasn't me. So yeah, this person is is an admitted predator um, to top off the icing on the shitty collapsing cake. And then another strand as well was when they were going through the mod history, there was a young, like, 21-year-old mod who called himself an anarchist from Germany who was basically leading up, like, the media section of the subreddit, again, without the user's knowledge. It turns out he's long-term unemployed at 21, which basically means he's never had a job. Except for Reddit moderator which he does for free (laughs) clown behavior the volunteer militia is wild just imagine if you're in america working two three jobs just to make rent and a 21 year old from germany which by the way has a pretty good social security system is claiming to represent you running around doing interviews and they never had a job before I'd be pissed. He's a volunteer member of the clown militia, so... <laughs> like, why are we underestimating his contribution to society in, in the form of nonsense? The clown militia, I love that. I absolutely love that. So... They call men like this neats, not in education, employment, or training. Oh my god. Yo, clown world has its own lingo, like jargon. I'm so sorry. This is... Wait, so they don't even want to get an education? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's like v- always voluntary, <laughs> but it's, it's basically it's basically what we've been calling like stay-at-home sons. I'm just like, wait, The guys wait, wait, that just wait, wait, don't wait. ever lunch, right? They're stay-at-home sons, professional yeah. live-in sons, boomerang sons, etc. The guys that just never leave home, never figure out any type of education, employment, or training situation for themselves, but... They know how the world works. You know, they're 100% confident. They know how everything works. The stay-at-home scholars? Yeah, I hate people like that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, No life experience, no education, nothing. Stay-at-home scholars, everything they know is from the internet. They have no real-life experience or any kind of, like, actual formal... I mean, I don't think you need formal education to be smart, but, like, like, you need life experience instead, right? But these people don't even have that. Like, that's crazy to me. Anyways, because <laughs> I often hear the UBI crowd saying like, oh, you know, if people got UBI, then they could get an education. They could, you know, we could spend our time learning and like improving ourselves and that kind of stuff. They don't even want to do that. <laughs> you know what, though? I thought the internet would be the, the great equalizer in society. But the many, many times I've been talking to someone, it had to be like, you can literally Google this. And they refuse to. <laughs> You know how many times I've been arguing with a man who studied philosophy over something that's just an objective fact that's easily Googleable? Like, I can't even remember specific arguments I've had because there's been so many that are just so stupid. It's like my brain just, like, rejects them. Like, but <laughs> I could Google something. <laughs> yeah. I've literally argued with a guy about, like, um, he tried to say that England was in the Pacific Ocean, and I was like, no, that's other side. We argued for an hour straight. And then when he Googled it, he just went silent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Savannah, Savannah, no, 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 homegirl, I got a question for you. Where was your mind at 15 minutes into that dumb conversation? <laughs> to be fair, that dumb conversation was with my brother. That was why. I was like, you're a <laughs> <laughs> Those are always the best. That's why he didn't say anything, because then he knows, like, if he gives you the point, then he's going to have to, like, admit you're right all the time at the dinner table. Oh, yeah, I know. England and the Pacific Ocean. God, I've heard it all. Um, So, yeah. Um, So the fallout from that interview is basically Doreen got unceremoniously demodded and they actually fractured off to a new sub. So, like, hashtag work reform, which, to be fair, I think a lot of the users on the anti-work subreddit 
they probably didn't understand that the subreddit was actually set up to abolish the whole concept of work. It wasn't about reforming the work system. It was getting rid of it altogether. How they planned on doing that, uh, I'm lost on that, (laughs) to be honest. I mean, I'm all for, like, labor reforms, you know, paying people a living wage, making sure that people have safe working conditions, and so on, like, making sure that, you know, people who are disabled, for example, aren't, like, you know, starving to death, that kind of stuff. Like, I'm very pro, like, social programs in that way, Um, but the reality, like, okay, this is why I don't call myself a communist anymore, is because um, the people that I used to hang out with who were, like, Marxists or communists or whatever, whenever you know, they'd always, they'd always be like, oh, you know, what are you going to do when there's like a moneyless society or whatever? Like, what are you going to do after the revolutions? They always say stupid shit like, oh, I'm going to make lanyards and like, you know, teach kids about philosophy or whatever. I'm going to be a poet. Like, and it's like, okay, even after the revolution, even after, you know, by the way, I don't even think revolution is going to happen, but (laughs) even after the revolution, if it were to happen, you'd still need people to like grow food uh, clean toilets, uh, you know, make buildings to live in, that kind of stuff. Like, what are you going to do? Just live in a nudist colony and just, like, absorb sunlight as your food? No. Nope. The capitalists show up and they're like, hey, guys, want some of this shit? We'll give you food. Boom. Capitalism is born again. (laughs) Work needs to happen, right? You need to have at least some people working in a society, okay? Like, I mean, for a lot of human civilization, they'll just get this whole underclass of, you know, slaves or, you know, serfs or peasants or whatever to do all the work for you while the elites, you know, it's the, it's the people who are in power who get to like chill out and leisure kind of thing, right? None of these people are in a position of power, okay? They're just like, they're... (laughs) Their peasants are like, I don't want to work. I feel like we can always discuss how we incentivize people to work and what kinds of work we incentivize because there is like such a thing as what I would call like the leech economy. like, And I mean like corporate leeches. And then you have people who are generally unable to contribute because they're elderly or they're disabled, et cetera. And our, and our responsibility is as, as a society to take care of them. But nobody says no one should work. I, I think, Ro, what you just explained, like the need for an incentive, like humans are in, like primarily and fundamentally driven by incentive. That's literally the point of capitalism. Like, I, it, right. So when you have like a government sponsored capitalism or when like you're, it's meddled with and you get like lobbyists and stuff, that's moving away from it. But in terms of like cost, value, and profit, the system manages itself. It depends on how you incentivize capitalism, right? Because uh, empowering the middle class to create something is quite a bit different than like squeezing a half a percent of money off of a transaction that's full of a bunch of like split uh, stock that no one can appropriately evaluate that exists on a mountain of bullshit which is basically what happened with the 2008 economy. So I'm not anti-capitalist in the sense of like, if you're actually creating a net benefit good to society, it's okay to capitalize off that and incentivize people to work. And and more or less, people want to work. People want to feel that they have value. But I'm also not like pro just like um, making making jobs that are oppressive to people and making jobs that devalue and dehumanize people to make a dollar or having jobs that don't exist except for small amounts of people to accumulate money for no reason. So that they don't, they, they take more than they contribute. The jobs exist because people are taking them. So that's the point, right? So like people look at, you know, your say as it's not just money that is our value. Like, so yeah, all, all what I'm really just trying to say is, um, People are incentive driven. And then you can also 
vice versa. You can demand a higher wage. You can demand better living conditions. And once you take the government restrictions off and make it a negotiation between the customer, the employee, and the employer, and you just leave the system as it is, I mean, of course, there's like common sense restrictions, like don't hire babies. They're shitty employees anyways. But like things like that, I think the system will work. I mean, child labor laws. I mean, (laughs) you know, you shouldn't be hiring 12 year olds to work in coal mines. I just I always think like it's about the public good. I don't believe in a public good. That's the thing. But okay, Yeah, that was really about it with the subreddit in terms of the drama. So yeah, it split off into a different one. It seems like the subreddit has now been taken over by is now being uh, run by different mods um but yeah it was just a <laughs> um i think it did get the subreddit a lot of attention for all the wrong reasons but at the same time there was a massive increase in their membership maybe people followed because of the drama because it was literally all over reddit for like two three days um but also um yeah i think that you know when they were saying like oh the movement's dead it's just like you will need to get outside as well like anti-work this ideology is nothing it wasn't invented by Doreen the dog walker in 2012 on reddit like you're giving it way too much way too much credit um so yeah that's the story of Doreen the dog walker and fox news the worst crossover episode no Doreen the dog walker and savannah's great i'm talking about Doreen and fox news (laughs) i think it was the greatest crossover that was hilarious to me but i want to talk about laziness okay because i think laziness can be a virtue if you are also innovative okay because you have no idea how much innovation throughout human history was just because people wanted to do people wanted machines to do the work instead of them right? Like people invented the wheel because it's easier to have, you know, a cart carry things rather than carry it on your back, right? People invented the car because they didn't want to have to walk and shit like that, right? So, you know, laziness in a way that's like, oh, I'm trying to find an easier way to do something or trying to find a more efficient way to do something. That's, I think, probably a good thing. But laziness for the sake of laziness of like, oh, I just want to sit around and have other people cater to me and do all, you know, (laughs) the problem with that type of laziness is that you require other people to do work for you, right? Like I said, you still need people to grow food. You still need people to clean toilets, right? So I have a problem with this idea of like there being certain (laughs) entitled low effort males, basically, you know, sitting back and thinking that they can just like reap the benefits of living in society without having to contribute to it. Fuck those guys. When you look at pretty much every major philosophy or religion that's out there, all of them hate laziness. <laughs> They're pretty much like, yeah. I Well, I think that the difference here is like laziness as sloth and laziness as being like efficiency driven. I think those are two different things. Sloth is like, I ain't doing shit today. Yeah. Right. And I don't care who loses out. And efficiency is like, I need to do shit, but I want to do the least amount of work to get the most amount of like benefit. And that to me is worth rewarding vice. I ain't doing shit sloth. Like, there's a reason it's like a cardinal sin. I mean, I see people at work, for example, who um, they, I don't know, people who are just like, I'm going to show that I'm like the hardest working person. I'm going to just be a work mule. And it's like, because I have like a tiny bit of laziness. Like I, I do, I look at people like that and I'm like, bruh, like work smarter, not harder. Like you don't have to do you don't have to do everything the hard way. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Okay. You can just like do less and uh, i don't know there's so many ways that you can come up with better systems of doing things that are less effort that end up getting you noticed more than 
just like being nose to the grindstone, just like grinding every single day. Cause then you get burned out. Right. So um, I mean, I do find like, obviously it depends on the profession, but in my career as well, like I call them the workplace pick me's, you know, the ones that are always going like above and beyond. I've never taken a sick yeah. day. I come in 30 minutes before my shift. They never get anywhere. Like they never get promoted. They just get yeah. treated like right. shit. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so it's better to just, I'm definitely all about like, you know, like Lilith said, I completely agree. Work smarter, not harder. I know where to concentrate my bursts of energy to get the best possible outcome for the least amount of effort. Yeah. And I'm totally okay with that. Well, I mean, okay. So some of that is like the American worth that work ethic and the way that work has been conceptualized and sold to Americans for a very long time. So part of the anti-work movement, I think, is a backlash to the like work hard, play hard mentality of America or like he who dies with the most toys wins. These are all or like Puritan, like, I don't know, this sort of Protestant work ethic shit. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, we have a sort of a virtuous relationship with hard work in the United States. So a lot of our um, work ethic and the idea that you should go in and always put in 110% and get that promotion and stand out and go out and give a, you know, a firm handshake to, you know, uh, go out and give uh, your boomer boss a firm handshake. Work 12 hour days, never give up, never take a sick day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally people have made millions on this like um, efficiency uh, career efficient like career efficiency and career um promotion and executive presence coaching well they'll say like never eat alone always be networking always have a coffee with everyone you know so there's it's not really just that people are like working hard because um they feel i'm i guess i'm trying to make a counter argument to what you guys are saying it's not that they're always stupid is that it's been sold to them as like a way to be virtuous in our current economy and so it's kind of a way for people who are now waking up and seeing that that's a lot of times bullshit and it's become more and more the case when you started to see um, the bottom drop out of society after the 2008 crash where we just had all these people with degrees who couldn't even get entry-level positions and had all this school debt. So millennials are kind of learning that like, man, we all like, there's a bunch of straight A students out there and students who went to really good colleges who couldn't get jobs or like who were uh, the first one who was laid off just because they might have been younger than a lot of the other workforce or and there's some older people, too, who might have been uh, laid off in, in favor of cheaper labor. So a lot of people are realizing there's no such thing as company loyalty. Working hard um, doesn't necessarily give me a sense of satisfaction that I thought it would because it's not being properly incentivized or rewarded by the market. Right. So I guess my argument is that like working hard itself isn't so much of a problem in except for that it's not actually being fundamentally rewarded in a meaningful way to people. So that's why people are backing out of it. It doesn't, they don't care about the virtue signaling anymore. They don't see the incident. I mean, I remember I worked like an 80 hour week and I think I got like a company notebook and I wanted to fling that shit across <laughs> the table. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> I worked for like a kind of firm where that's, again, that's the norm because you're, you're on billable hours. So you have to put in, like, sometimes you literally have to eat your hours. You'll work 80 and bill 60, right? But that was the culture. It wasn't like it was just me. Everybody was doing it from the entry-level people to the partners, quite frankly. Like, everyone works like that because the work ethic itself is part of the virtue signal, is part of the virtuous. And then the idea is that you have a nice, comfortable, middle-class lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. And you have all these toys. And then what happens is people get those toys. They're not happy. Or uh, the the people at the top, in my opinion, um, because things were 
different when they were coming up. They don't realize how much, much more work they're putting on the lower rung as well as them not properly incentivizing. So I bet maybe back in his day when he was a, a person who was lower in the rank, like getting a company notebook was exciting, right? It's like when your grandma gives you like a piece of hard candy for like doing something nice. And like, she's excited because back in like 1950, getting a piece of hard candy was a treat. But for people who are like millennials, sugar was a rarity because it was World War One. Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> So I think it's just that, like, again, there's a power accumulated at the top. They have zero idea how to motivate people and the fear-based motivation and the virtue signaling of working hard. So you can either keep up with the Joneses or look in certain ways not working anymore. So in my opinion, it's not the working hard isn't as much of a problem as like the market failing to reward it in a way that's meaningful. My two cents. Well, I, I don't think I don't think the market is like this unilateral thing. I think the market shifts as our needs and wants also shift with the market, right? So like just like that kid who no longer feels rewarded by a Jolly Rancher today as a kid might have back in like the value of the Jolly Rancher changed. Um and so if a company or the employer isn't keeping up in incentivizing employees, they also deserve to suffer by losing those employees. Like, look at you now, Ro, like you're not with that company anymore, right? Oh, hell no. So in my industry, um, which is sales, it's uh, been a real challenge to staff people lately just because people, I, a lot of companies make the mistake of wanting to pay their salespeople as little as possible or just try to reduce overhead. And um, the companies that have succeeded um, either like they either pay their salespeople more or they'll take like less skilled people who are like not trained in sales, basically like untrained people and then coach them up and get them to a point where they can be a good salesperson. And so that's kind of like that, that in my experience, at least those are the strategies of like the companies that have succeeded other, there are other companies, for example, that don't do either of those. They'll have the same job posting, uh, you know, un- unfulfilled for months or years of time, or they're just always hiring, but never able to actually find like, or hold on to good candidates. Um, because, you know, the pay just isn't high enough, right? And those are the companies that are really struggling right now. So, I mean, I hope they learn and change their strategies, but I don't even think that the pay is going to be enough anymore. Cause remember the big fight is work from home. And I think we should do an episode on work from home, but a lot of people are wanting, truly wanting more work-life balance and not the lip service about work-life balance that they keep telling, you know, they basically, they bring some guy to do an efficiency seminar and he teaches yeah, you how to use true. Microsoft scheduling. And then like the company gets a big kickback for all the Microsoft, Microsoft stuff. And like, it yeah. doesn't add to your life at all. That's, that's the kind of thing that corporate's been doing to incentivize work-life balance, you know? <laughs> can, can I give a government perspective on this? Please. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it's the U S government. I'm sure Canada is probably like kindly more, less efficient. I don't know. Um, so from the government perspective, so you have, um, you're not reward, you're actually punished. It's like a bell curve, right? So people that don't perform at all get punished because they're obviously not performing. And you have the middle ground, like the middle people, like that C minus to like C plus B minus people that get rewarded because they're just middle of the middle of the crowd. Um, not really overperforming and not drawing attention to themselves. And then you have like the high performers and they're called the innovators. The innovators actually threaten the status quo. And they're also demonized because they are seen as a threat to the system. And that's like across all government bureaucracies. So like if you're seen as somebody who's, you can be like a workhorse, you can stay there from 6am to 6pm all you want. God forbid you actually are that productive. Like, you will have a laser on your back. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. And that's why actually I, 
you know, at the start of my career, I did actually be the, I did actually used to be the work meal, or at least would try to be. And, um, yeah, I realized it just made me a lot of enemies. Like a lot of people would see high productivity and think, oh, like she's probably this and that, or like gossip about me. Right. So I ended up having to like, sort of take a seat back, not be too much of a, at least not an ostentatious overperformer that is, you know, just kind of keep my head down, do my work, not like be overly braggadocious about it kind of thing. Um, because yeah, like, I mean, we talked about in the cat fight episode, how, you know, sometimes if you're entering a group dynamic and, you know, you're a really high performer and you, you know, have a lot of achievements, a lot of, even if you are successful, if you draw too much attention to that, a lot of people will just have sour grapes and will just look at you and think, you know, see you as a threat. So, you know, that's something that I'm not saying you should downplay your achievements either, but you know, just don't be overly yeah. Read the room. Ostentatious about it. Yeah, yeah so, read the room exactly. So to wrap up this episode, what are our key takeaway strategies from the Dory and the Dog Walker episode and the fallout on anti work? Uh, don't be ugly if you're going on national TV. No, okay. Um, put an effort into your appearance. It's fine to be ugly. You need to clean yourself, however. And your room? Yeah, clean your fucking room. <laughs> you need to. Yeah, you need to. And and you need to come prepared and just be aware of like how you're like presenting and your body and you know whatever like don't just be be weird basically. I guess my strategy for during the dog walker situation is sometimes being your most authentic self is a horrible idea. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> so true. Sometimes honestly, you know, the, I hear this um you know, oh, just be yourself. No, sometimes if you suck, you have to not be yourself, actually. Like, you should maybe change yourself if you suck. Yeah, change a little, bro. Be a little fake. It isn't even if you suck. It's just about the situation that you're in. It's just, you know, knowing when to code switch. Like, you wouldn't, for example, um, the way you are on the podcast, you wouldn't be the same way if you were in a meeting with your CEO. Probably not. Yeah, I, I brief senior decision makers just like this. Oh, yeah. I'm like, ISIS is a bunch of scrotes. A lot of people on, you know, I see this a lot on Twitter. People seem to assume that, like, I am in real life the way that I am on the podcast. No, the podcast is, like, my real unfiltered thoughts. My, like, you know, the things that I would never say publicly. Is that your, like, Incredible Hulk? When you're, like, angry, it just comes out Incredible Hulk. (laughs) Your inner self. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Most of the rest of the time, I'm like, I have to be really self-controlled and, like, you know, not uh, just honestly not speak my mind most of the time, right? <laughs> because m- the things that are on my mind are things that would not make me friends or help me influence people. So I just keep that shit to myself. And then it's when, <laughs> so that and it's only when I get to the podcast that I- you're so like Robert Green. So that's so funny. See, I'm like legit the opposite. I have no filter in real life. I just say whatever, but on the podcast, I'm way more reserved for some reason. No, in real life, I'm way more reserved in the podcast. I'm like, I'm anonymous. I can say whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) There won't be any consequences for this. Yeah. Another strategy I would say as well is like generally with, I'm going to say direct immortals and men, but there's no need to catastrophize something as powerful as a labor movement. Um, It's not going to all fall to pieces over one bad interview that most people, that a lot of people still didn't watch. Like, the anti-work sentiment is still going to be around. I'm okay with it self-destructing. I'm okay with it self-destructing. I'm like, oh, you think it died? <laughs> well, me, the socialist, I'm like, socialist, you got to get more strategic, okay? Stop being such a... <laughs> I don't know, I get so mad at other leftists for being so useless. <laughs> so my strategy takeaway is that 
companies are failing to properly incentivize and motivate their workforce in a meaningful way. And work has become arduous, dehumanizing, too stressful. And um, quite frankly, a lot of people are doing a lot of, quote, useless jobs. There's a pretty interesting book on that. Or bullshit jobs, I think is actually the word. But uh, a lot of people are doing jobs that aren't necessary. And when we started to work from home, you started to see that they had to start thinning out their management ranks or like realizing that there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of work and a lot of other people who aren't doing any work. And since there's no office to schmooze in and, you know, grease palms and uh, kiss ass, it's become very clear about who the necessary players are. So um, my take on the anti-work subreddit is that there's just a lot of people are feeling very demoralized and feeling that um, their current, uh, the current way our capitalism is structured is not helping them feel like they're living meaningful lives, that they're doing something important and that they're being compensated appropriately for the work that they're putting in. So the solution to me is for capitalism to adjust to what the worker needs because ultimately human resources are human resources, meaning your workers are part of your assets in a company. And also it's just the humane thing to do. There's no reason, like half the things that people try to push through in capitalism, like aren't going to make a meaningful difference to most people's lives, but, um, you know, extra money so that they can live in a safe neighborhood or afford food or rising inflation costs, you know, send their kids to good schools. Um, those things matter. So, recalibration of society, but still get your ass to work. That's that's my uh, figure out. Just figure out a way to work smarter and uh, demand more for your uh, for your contribution. So that's my strategy. Dory needs to go to a work camp <laughs> to the gulag. <laughs> that's one thing we can be in agreement on. Me, to the, me gulag. the socialist, and L the conservative. We both be like, off to the gulag for you. <laughs> you can go to the gulag. Goodbye. Go found a gulag. <laughs> I appreciate you for that, Lilith. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, Team Female. Check us out on Twitter at Female Political and uh, our Facebook, which is linked in our show notes below as well. Also check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Female Political Strategy. Thanks, Savannah. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thanks, See Savannah. You. Of course. See everyone next week. Bye. Bye.